0: Block Talk Radio Hello everyone Kaylin Patterson, Midwest Muscle, P4P Real Talk In Your Earlobe And this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one Drug free Sponsorship Foundation in all Of the world, and if you Yes, you are looking for a vehicle and solid foundation to stand on and possibly looking for a vehicle to drive your goals like a smack crook new ice cream. Check us out at P4PMunker.com. And now let's chit-chat with the banter. I am Kaylin Patterson, and we have Desiree fletcher Brothers who will not be with us again tonight. She is having the snow issues that a lot of people are having, and she just happens to have a lot of family members who are possibly getting buried in it. So it will be me and our guest tonight. Our guest is uh, Kent. Kent will be joining us soon. Uh, an amazing guy who worked really hard last this year. Last year is almost upon us, but it's still this year right now. And he was coming up with some amazing ways and and possibly you know paradigm shifting ways to keep a bodybuilding season going. Interesting outtakes, outlooks on how he how he did it. And also we're going to be talking with him since he's one of the innovators that found a way to basically deal with uh, the upcoming issues and the issues we're already having and see if we can come up with something that can be moving forward. I think that's one of the biggest things that uh, we need right now is that we already understand there's an epidemic, we already understand there's a pandemic, but what are we going to do moving forward? Uh, One of the things I know that really keeps – a nation moving forward is basically dealing with the understanding of answering questions and also providing hope. If you want to have a nation fail really quickly, take the hope from everybody and basically leave them with unanswered questions and there's a lot of stress, unnecessary worry, unnecessary fear, and that's unnecessary doubts. And we really don't need any of that current climate and situation. So this is going to be one of those progressively moving forward kind of shows, and hopefully we can get an understanding of what needs to happen moving forward for bodybuilding to to keep moving and basically keep providing hope and motivation for those who are struggling with their health, struggling with their identities. I know a lot of people don't think about that, but that really happens. You know, a lot of times if you don't know where you're going, you're basically just standing still and there's no point in it. But I'm talking to one of the guys who basically found a way within his within himself, and he's also been able to spread that uh, hope and answer questions as well going into the future. So let's just uh, talk with Kent and see what he's got going on in that mastermind of his and see some of the things that might help natural bodybuilding move forward, even in this current climate. Uh, Kent, are you there?
1: I am here, Kaylin. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fine, brother. We're getting buried in snow right now, but I think this show could warm things up and uh, melt some of that stuff right now. Um, You know, you're one of the guys who basically, well, you you found a way to stay innovative and uh, self-motivated as well. Uh, What do you think about this uh, current issue that we deal with? I know you've had Mm -hmm. been played with it all year. What are some of the things that you found as hardships and what some of the ways you've been able to basically start looking beyond that?
1: Well, what I once I realized that it was going to be a, well, I mean I really never thought it was going to still be going on now, but I I had the idea and I talked to some people, you know, and I did that online show which mm-hmm. I figured would take it probably till the summer, and yeah, but yeah, but yeah, here we are, but you know, and I'm also in an area where they're really. Weren't any shows. I mean, New Jersey basically was was shut down. Really, only until recently. Mm-hmm. So I think the online show. I mean, a lot of people really enjoyed it. I mean, the the feedback from the competitors, they loved it, and they, it gave them something to do, it gave them a bridge, yes. you know, until they were actually able to compete. And I I was thinking about doing it again in in the fall. But then people started competing, and I didn't want to take away from the promoters. Uh, other people started doing online shows, and as their shows were canceled, so I kind of just let it go. I mean, I was happy to, to, to start. Yeah, we, did it, we did it from back from from March up until then. They had till June 1st to submit their videos, and that was a lot of fun. And I had I had probably 25 to 30 different judges, and you were one of them. And, and you know, and we uh, we had fun with it, and a lot of positive feedback, and a lot of people were happy that they had something to shoot for. But I'm sure all of them thought that they would really be in full swing by the end of the year, which for putting on shows uh, and, and getting people out there. But you know, I, that, that's when I, when we kind of stepped back and we were really just focusing on what we could do, what can we learn from this year and moving forward, because um, I, you know, I, I don't really know when this is all going to go loose, but. If I wanted to have shows the way that I like them and the way that people enjoy them, I knew that I would need to find find different venues to, to have it different, you know, basically change everything to be able to have a show with some kind of crowd, you know. And so that's really what I've been working on really since probably June or July, July as far as looking around and trying to change it. I mean, I can't have 25, 30 shows next year. I mean, I just. I'm not going to just fill my schedule with what we were supposed to do this year. Like, I, I don't think that that's fair. Cause who knows where and what what's going to really happen as far as with living restrictions, limitations. So we're just mm-hmm. trying to be positive and put shows out there in areas that we hopefully will be able to do it. I mean, I know even up in here in New Jersey, we have our first show here in May, even with the restrictions of, they're saying the audience could be 75 people. Well, if that's the case, then we can have, we'll just have four different shows. So you got to be more imaginative. I, mean, I want to have crowds. I don't want to have it in a, you know, a small meeting room in a hotel. I mean, I, I, you know, just, I want that's part of the A&BF experience is having crowds. And mm-hmm. we all know that the MPC has mastered it, but we all can't just stand for it. We can't have any, uh, <laughs> Every natural body really to there, right? it's, just, it's just not impossible. possible So You know we, we can't have All our big shows right. So you know We're just going kind to of be More innovative I you know A lot of promoters In the past Where they have Smaller venues But they're really Good places They want to have it there They split their show Into two different Two different shows But I mean, Who knows Kind of next year We limitations We just have to be More imaginative And still think about you know, competitors want to have crowds. They they want to have a good venue. They don't want to be in some. But, you know, I I know that as a competitor, I hated not being on a stage. I wanted to be on a stage, whether it was in a two or, or whether it was you know, it was in a, a bar or something. I don't want to be on the floor. But and then it comes to time. You know, it's you have know, to make sure that it's what the competitor wants. Do they want to be on stage wearing a mask? Do they want to. You know, yeah. These are all things that. You stop and think about it, and it's really not – I mean, I look at it from a different perspective because it's not something that – it's not my main gig, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's not like mm-hmm. – it's not my main business. It's not – to me, To me, it's still fun. It's, it's a hobby. It's something that I really love to do. I love to give people the opportunity to get on stage and basically live the life that I've lived. I mean, I'm still com- – I still can consider myself a competitive bodybuilder, even though I haven't in five, six years. Uh, but I was going to last year, and then again, I got, I'm going to do it this year. But I want them to have the experience of of being on stage and, and really feeling it. And, and then, you know, it's so – that's why we only have 10 shows as of now on the schedule. But I know those 10 shows, they're going to go off. They're going to – it must cost me more money. Not me, the AMBF more money. Well, I guess me. Um it's just I want to make sure that everybody still has that experience because in reality it's like do you really want to compete that bad that you're going to do something just to do it or do you really want an organization that we're not just doing a show because we have your entry fee and we don't want to give it back or, you know, stuff like that. I mean, uh, at the worst case, you know, I mean, I had one show that I took entries for, and, I I mean, I lost my shirt just in one show. I can't imagine if I had – I mean, that's why I stopped taking entries. But I understand that promoters, when they have the money in the hand, they want to give a product. Now, what happens Mm -hmm. when that's an inferior product, and these people have paid all this money for a show? I didn't want to be put in that situation. So that's how I'm looking at next year. I'm looking at areas Mm -hmm. where I know know we can have shows, and I know what, what the limitations are. And even in New Jersey I was I made sure that we you know, normally we have a show in March. I didn't even try to schedule one in March. But right. you know, May. I was pretty sure, you know, it's an independent venue, it's in a cool town, you know, we've moved the regular venue. I mean I usually use the school in town which has a great venue, but schools are a problem. Um, they just don't wanna have any outside activity in it, you know, until they're comfortable. Now, maybe towards the end of next year. We can start doing that. And I have promoters that, prom- you know, a lot of our shows are AMBF production where basically I, I'm the promoter with my staff, my people on our board, but then we have outside promoters that promote for us. And they're, they're you know, they're going through the same struggles. They want to have a show. They want to have a good show. They want to make sure the show goes on. Um, but they're having they're getting pushed back from, you know, we have shows in Atlanta. We have shows in South Carolina, Detroit different areas so it's just it's it really is hard i mean it's just i mean i can go on and on about how hard it is but we all know how hard it is i, I believe yeah but i want to be able to put right, out but a- that's that's it's the cool. thing
0: that, I, that i'm trying to get to because you know it, it's very difficult and there's a lot of i don't want to say uh, roadblocks uh, but it's like small mountains that are slowing down you know everything that you have to do because the one thing people didn't and still don't understand fully is it's a lot of this is out of your control and, and, you know, people want to get upset with, with you guys, but it's not, to me, it's not fair to want to do it because everything that's going on, if it were all laid in your hand, I could see where they, they could look and say, well, something better can be done. But if you don't have that ability, you know, right off, then, you know, there's a lot more challenges than they understand as you guys have to face. So as you're, you know, basically climbing that mountain, it's almost like somebody is pulling the rug or, or sh- shifting the sands underneath your feet, even as you're climbing up the the current issue or the current dilemma that you're having to face. Uh, I don't I don't need you to speak on that, but I do need you to speak on the, all the people who factor in to you actually being able to have a show because it's not just you. And I'm, I was really surprised to see how much misinformation was out there with everything that you know you guys have to consider to even have that show come about much less right. you know come to, to fruition so when you when you're when you're struggling and dealing with those things uh what what kind of care and concern can you get from us to help with the matter and then what else needs to happen to make sure that we can do our due diligence to make sure when we actually get to the venue that it can happen. Because I know if if, uh, we saw what I saw at a show in this, uh, in this area where they basically said, you know, if you guys want to keep taking your masks off, we're going to stop the show right now. And it's a done deal. So, you know, we, we still have our role to play, but also we still have to factor in that, you know, we got to have your consideration for you guys as well. So what, What do the athletes need to do to make sure, if that day comes about, we're not the ones who basically ruin it? Yeah, you're
1: uh, well. What happens is that you know, when a promoter is putting on a show, I mean, the venues, to be honest, yeah, they want the money, but they don't want to be, they don't want to violate the rules and restrictions of the state either. So, the competitors, everybody gets comfortable, and, and people come from different areas. They come from gyms that may not make them wear masks. You know, everybody comes from a different area. I mean, I know my, mm-hmm. I'm not a crazy let everybody wear a mask because it's the greatest things in the world, but if that's what the governor of New Jersey wants me to do, I make everybody wear a mask. And, and yes. that's just – I don't want some – You know, an 85-year-old woman walking her dog outside and looking in my gym and seeing people not wearing a mask, and then she makes a phone call. Next thing you know, I'm being harassed by the town, the state, whatever. So I think competitors all come from different areas. They all come from wherever. I mean, they could come from a place that maybe only has 10 cases. They could come from a place that's got no cases. They could come from a place they don't Mm -hmm. know anybody that has. But when you start getting all these people together, and when the promoter says – keep your mask on. You cannot take your mask on. I mean, you know, he may have left a huge deposit that they threaten to keep. They, they don't know the finance. The competitors never really kick, never really think about, it never comes to their mind, the expense that a promoter has to put out to have a show. Yes. Let alone during a pandemic that people are dying. I mean, it, this isn't just like, you know, people are getting, I, again, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those. I'm not like, I'm not a, it's the COVID is not, real. I mean, I'm not one of those, Oh my God, I got to hide in my house. I'm just the person that's trying to keep the gym open for, for, you know, so I get both sides. I'm like, yeah, it's bad. I know people that died. Yeah. It's really not that bad. Cause I don't know anybody that, you know, it's like I'm, I'm in the middle and I just, I, I have all kinds of people that you're dealing with. But when you're trying to have a show and you get all these people together, and then once you make the decision to have the show, then you you have to have it, and God forbid you come to it where it's a week away, which has happened this year, and they have to cancel it. And then the backlash that these promoters get is just it, it's just crazy. Now you, I mean, I'm that way. I'm sure I, I've learned to know you by watching your videos and talking to you. We're all a little nuts, so we don't yeah. want to understand that. What do you mean we can't compete? What What do you mean? I mean. Basically countries are shut down. You can't do anything, but yet we're still allowed to go around and do things. It's just, I went, I struggled during the year with, okay, how many months out do I need to cancel a show? That's why finally by June, I just said, that's it. No more shows the rest of the year. It's just not, it's not fair to me as if I was a competitor, I'd want to know. I don't want to know a week ahead of time. So if you want to train for my show, and I could put it on, that's great. But if I can't put a show on and I know it, then I'm going to stop. So it made it, – it, a lot of people were mad. I mean, they literally were mad that you, that we canceled yep. the rest of our, I our saw year. Of and comments. I know other yep, promoters, sir. too, were like, what do you mean? They were like they're, – they're yelling at me because I canceled the show. Meanwhile, there's 300,000 – now there's 300-something thousand people died of the COVID. But, but whether you think it's real or not, there's people dying. So – Yes. I mean, again, business. You know, it's like well, I don't want to be responsible for somebody coming to my show to watch and then going home and seeing their grandparent, and then next thing you know, the grandparent dies. I mean, that's that's a pretty hard that's a pretty hard fact that you got to deal with. So it's just it really was tough. And and then I, I see friends of mine having shows and having them put putting a product on stage that. Deep down inside, they may have been, yeah, we got, we did it, but I, I'm i sure they weren't happy with what they doing it And, and I know that were they forced into it because they had big numbers, but then they up with small numbers anyway because people backed out. That's why, I mean, I, that's why I just shut the AMBF down, and it's just so hard to be able to figure out what you could do, what you couldn't do. And dealing with the people that do shows, they they just want to compete, and that's just – that's just the kind of people that are that compete. They not just, you know. I'm just doing, I mean, We know, you know. We we know a lot of people in the sport that, you know, it just doesn't matter. They're right through the wall just we so compete, and I'm, yeah, I'm
0: a don't stay. Now, before we get too far, and I don't want to get uh, inundated with uh, our listeners talking about how we don't care because we do. Uh, what what Ken is talking about are the people who are saying, come hell or high water, I paid for a show, I should be able to compete and get on stage. They exist. We can't act like they don't, and that's what he's saying. So we're not saying that, you know, the athletes are just, all they want to do is get on stage and they don't care who makes it, who lives or who dies. That's not what we're saying. That's not even close to what we're talking about. What we're we're addressing is there's people who do get on social media and and complain to, to high heaven. That you know they've been betrayed or, or, or something of that nature. So that that's who he's speaking to. He's not speaking to the bodybuilding community as a whole. Also, what he's saying is, you know, there's pressure to, to to try and make that happen because of those kind of complaints. Because they are they are hurt. I mean, you don't sit there and ignore them because if there's a chance that the show can happen, and you know, lo and behold, things do work out and things are in perfect place you sure want to make sure that it can happen, but the risk factor is what he's talking about with the possibility of one life. And we, if, if we're going to say that all life matters with the possibility of one life, not making it because of a show going on, then it should be called. And, and, and I, if you can't see that, then you're not thinking in a humane fashion and you're thinking in a very selfish Ideology, And I don't think anyone who's got any kind of maturity, responsibility, or accountability will ever sign off on that with that understanding. And that's where Ken is coming from. So I don't want anybody blasting us uh, about what's going on. Let's be real about this. This is real talk. So let's, you know, let's use had, our mature um, adult thinking minds.
1: We, um, I was I was lucky enough to be part of the uh, Mr. America contest, which was uh, in mm-hmm. the last city basketball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm good friends with the promoter, Mark Toriello, and I saw him, he was so determined to have that show, because of it being Mr. America, it was his first year, and there were so many precautions put in place, but see, also, too, now, this was in October, so now, everybody's Mm -hmm. gone, you know, the the cases were basically non-existent, you know, they were very low in New Jersey, and, and then the hotel had, you know, they had all the restrictions, the mask. I mean, the people were they were awesome because it was like everybody felt better about it because it was it was October, so it wasn't like mm-hmm. it was the cases hadn't started to really go back up, and, and it was just when you go and you and you fight through all the stuff that that it takes to put on a show of that magnitude, and to actually do it, and it was it was I was excited to be the head judge of it and there was a, a lot of people from it. was an unsanctioned show, which really was what made it even more awesome. There was people from every organization involved in it, the competitor involved it from all over the country, and the fact that he pulled it off, and, and to me, that was how it that, – that was a perfect example of, of how to do it and make sure you take all the precautions necessary, and every all the competitors – were great and it probably helped because it was in new jersey and new jersey's been a mass state from the beginning so a lot of people but mm-hmm. a lot of people from out of but it just felt good because he did it he pulled it off and it was I, really i mean people use the word iconic and it's kind of overplayed but it really was awesome to be involved and actually because of that i've i've Indoor, you know, I don't endorse, supported, or whatever the Mr. America because I just think it's a cool thing to do because it makes organizations, not necessarily organizations, work together, but it makes you know competitors, smaller the organizations, get together. But the point is, you you do a show like that. He was able to do it. It was in a ballroom. He was allowed. To, I think 75 people in the audience or something like that. And it's just and it worked. And when it works, it's great. But you see other things and it's like, well, I, you know, it's like. Did they really want to do it that way? Is that not how the show was supposed to be? Now the competitor's really happy after you know it's so you you you, 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 you know you you go down. It's like you are damned if you do, you damn it if you don't kind of thing, and and that's the mm-hmm. thing. and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And for competitors to get mad at promoters because they canceled the show for not only did they cancel the show because they only had fifteen or twenty competitors, which happens all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a wrong reason to cancel a show, but it happens all the time. But you're canceling mm-hmm. a show because there's a pandemic where I mean, people are dying. No, no, people let's be dying. real. Lives
0: are at stake. You're canceling a right. show because lives are at stake. And if, if we right. keep thinking so childishly, we're actually speaking more against ourselves than we are the promoter that we're blasting right. on whatever social media
1: you know, again, and that's that the indecisiveness of, of a lot of people created an issue where the competitors, you know, you can't leave them in the loops. And again, that's why the AMBF just shut down from the summer on, just it, just to mm-hmm. make it known. And and then I knew that I referred people out to other other shows, and I knew what was happening. But yeah, it's just tough, and for people to say that, you know. It was, it, to jump in, to say that we don't care about the competitors,
0: you know. Well, like you know. I said, I, I think if you've got a, an angry enough individual, they'll complain about anything, and oh, of course. you know, yeah. just to vent, just to you know, basically let get some steam off. The only problem, you know, and, and see, this is why, you know, I said we shouldn't be eating our own. We 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 did so much uh, speaking against ourselves, and I was very uh, hurt and very surprised, especially with the established uh, athletes that were doing so, you know, because you don't have that reputation without that promotion, without that promoter, without that venue, without that event. And then you basically go stab it in the back just because you didn't get your way. It seems so childish and so ignorant. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, if we're saying we're professionals or if we're saying we're working to be professionals – that happens in the mind first, and I, I was very hurt to hear such speak uh, for something that was taking so much. I mean, like, we, if, if we don't understand the enormity of what's happening, like you said, we're, we're talking about whole nations being shut down, and we still have a chance to move about and still be human in our day-to-day, even though it's somewhat restricted, in the hope of saving one life and we're still able to do the things we do and still feel human as we go about it and then to say that some kind of betrayal on some level has happened because you as one individual get to live the next day and basically have another chance at another show like we always have every year right. and then say somehow you know you, the the promoters the demon the organization is the demon All of these things being said, because in a very childish-like manner, you're saying you didn't get your way. And so because of that, then the whole of everything natural bodybuilding needs to be demonized until you do get your way. I'm saying there's a big problem with that when you look at everything else that is going on in this world. It's like we cannot be that childish where we can't see any further than our own nose or our own selfish way. I, I just, I know we're a better nation than that.
1: Well, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. For sure. I mean, it's all we can really hope now is, is that going into next year. I mean, if as like I said, you know, a lot of organizations have their, they just basically took their schedule from this year and put it for next year. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I could almost guarantee that's not going to happen, but, so, you know, like schools. I mean, I know that schools. Are, I use schools in North Carolina. I mean, I think they'd be able to, they'd be able to schedule. They they won't even, they won't even entertain them until they're given the, you know, the the go ahead. They don't want to have any outside risk. I mean, it's all liability. Everybody's liable. I mean, it's you make a decision to allow an event in your building, you're liable. So that's. But if it's an independent. You know, like I mean, I know a lot of people's The MPC uses the larger venues, the civic centers, theaters, and stuff. But you know, when you're talking low budget, some low budget natural bodybuilding shows, I can't afford it. But that's why you know we're gonna have less shows, but higher costs in venues. And and I want to, but I want to make sure that everybody gets the experience they want. So it's worth it. I mean, I, you just gotta throw around your budget and make sure that you can put a product on stage and, and, and a product for the competitors that they're going to enjoy and then be confident that when you put it on paper, I mean, that's why I've, I've been so slow getting the schedule out, but, you know, I don't know if I want any more than 15, 16 shows, but I want to make sure that every one of them is solid and everyone is going to be enjoyable for the competitors and the spectators.
0: And uh, that goes back to basically where you have the – the promoter who's well established, you know, making sure that they're using their adult, mature thinking mind to make sure that if it does happen through them, that they don't be the ones that screw it up. And that's why you have to take these precautions because you sure don't want to be the one that slams the door shut to make sure that no one else has an opportunity to have a show or promotion. I mean, there's so many things that, that, that I, I honestly. You know, when when people are angry, they don't do much thinking, and the thinking they do isn't much, it isn't very well prepared or thought out, and when I hear what I'm hearing and then, you know, see them promoting basically the people who, who directly go against what they identify and represent, it kind of shows and, and is a telltale sign of, of where a person's mind truly and fully is, and... So, I, if you know, if anyone in the industry knows to just shut them out or tune them out, but it's the, the masses that are hearing them and saying, yeah, that sounds kind of right, so why not? You know, but then when you talk about the life and health factor, yeah, there should be a why not. And I, it's uh, something that you're going to have to fight with, something that I have to basically answer a lot. And thank God that, you know, you still have the voice of reason out there, that, you know, that voice in the wilderness, like yourself and, and, and Dez and I, that can basically address that uh, complaint or concern in truth and in fullness without a representation of ignorance. Because I think that slows mostly everything that we try to gain or do, as long as we're basically hollering and screaming over each other, instead of basically just saying, you know, no, and this is why no. And then let's move forward to find why we don't have to say no anymore. Because as long as there's the health and life factor that's in question, or is part of the equation, then it must be addressed. And I'm I'm, I'm very disappointed at the people who are willing to forego life. I mean, like, like you said, this is real. This is happening. And we can't keep saying it's a hope. We can't keep saying that it's a uh, conspiracy theory. We can't keep saying that this isn't reality. And and, and, to, and to do so is, is really shocking, you know, when you think about it. If, if one person died in my family, I'm not going to say, well, we got the rest of us, so why don't we just keep right, doing what right. we're doing? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and and for people to keep doing an outcry of, well, why can't we? And, and and still have people dying. It's amazing. I mean, and and you know, anything you want to complain about, when you have one life that's lost, it kind of shuts the complaint down. When you're talking in mature, responsible, and adult thinking. So if if we're going to do that, then let's be adults about it. And, and move it forward instead of basically keep crying like little pansies and saying how things aren't happening because you don't like it.
1: Right. How how inconvenienced you are, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. And it, it's really sad when when these things are happening because, I, I mean, I can get a, a schematic, I can get a chart, I can get whatever you want, and, and we can go toe-to-toe with it and people are still dying. So as long as that's the, the outcome, then, yeah, I, I think we still need to pull on, on, on a big boy pants and, and talk more maturely if we're going to come to the table and, and speak you know in a way that basically helps factor out all the ignorance and brings in solutions, answers, and, and methods, because we, this is going to be a moving forward thing for us. If we're not addressing it moving forward, we can't go back. I'm just shocked that people keep saying that like that's 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 reality. Now, no, that might be a great thing to say, but it's not the truth. When they're not, if you're not speaking in truth, then you're not going to have too many successful solutions. You might luck but, up on one or two, but at the risk of what six or seven thousand people, is it really worth getting lucky? Or are we just going to be mature adults and realize that something has to happen moving forward to make this happen? Because like you said, venues aren't just going to say, well. Uh, we got a break, so let's go with that That's not how it works it, And you're not going to have yeah. a promoter That basically has one show in one county And it works, and you say, well, then we're going to do What they did exactly And it should be end up the same That's not how that works either uh, When you're talking about New Jersey You guys are hitting, getting hit hard Proximity of, of population And right. what happens in your, in your Part of the, uh, the world Is not the same as what's happening here Because we do have less proximity population. So, you know, Chicago would be a good uh, parameter because it's more closer to New York than the suburbs or the country living that uh, we live in. So, you know, it's so many things that factor in and we need to be, like I said, we need to be adults about this. And it's it's shocking that people are using such childish methods and complaints to think that everyone should understand exactly what you're talking about. And that's not how it's working. So as a promoter and as, as, as a head of an organization, Moving forward, what are some of the things that you had to consider to make sure these shows even come about?
1: Well, a lot of things that i had to to consider i needed to you had to look at travel i mean try, you know like if someone's gonna fly if someone's gonna drive. Like, like you like know, yeah for example, the NPC putting all the big shows in down in Florida and now you're just having all these people flying so I'm have, like I can have a show in New Jersey, like you said, the population. I can have a show say in North Carolina, people can drive around. You have to think about the availability of, of getting there. And you have to think about, too, is like like where the people are going to stay. I mean, a lot of some of the hotels, still, you know, they're, they're working on, depending on where you are. A lot of you know, in New Jersey, I mean, it's New York. There's places across the country that the restaurants are, are limited or, or not even open or they're closed at a certain time. I mean, you just have to, well, obviously the, the, the venue is, is key. You have to get a venue that number one will, will work with you and then, you mm-hmm. know, find out what the restrictions of the numbers are. And then you, know, have all day. then you work with the venue and say, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to have, just split it up into four different groups, and then you have to worry about ticket prices. You have there's all these there's all these moving parts to a show when you're, when you're doing it during a pandemic, and everybody's got to buy in. And then you have to even okay, you you down to the team people to have and make hey, you guys got to be here all day because we're having four separate shows or or whatever. It is. You know, instead of doing the you know the, the part you know getting all the people turned and maybe you know touching them up and then. Leaving. Now, I know they're not all that way. I know a lot of the tanners that we've used are uh, there all day. You know, there's there's ones that tan people once and say, Leave a of them. But they, all the stuff. And the DJ, I mean, it's you, know, you these people that you've got involved. With, you, know, you have DJs that are, you know, my DJ follows me wherever I go. So it's like he's driving wherever it is. He's got to be there all day. And then I catch talking a whole different. You know, you, you just talk. It's just a lot of people. It's like the circus comes to town when, when you have a show, and, and there's a lot of moving parts, and everybody's there. You gotta you gotta house people. You gotta have judges. Where are your judges coming from? Are they coming from? Are they coming from somewhere where they have to quarantine? I mean, I, you can't even come to New Jersey technically. If we have a show in New Jersey, if it was now, you couldn't even you'd have to quarantine for it. You couldn't even get anybody's medicine because they wouldn't be able to, to be at any functions. Now, again, those are voluntary, voluntary rules, but they're pretty, they're pretty serious about them in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. So you got to worry about that. And then if I'm going to be honest. You, I mean, I'm going to play about gym. I mean, I'm already under the microscope. So am I going to go somewhere and come back and not come to work? I mean, I'm a trainer. That's how I make my money. I mean, I, so yeah, you got all these things that that as a competitor, I understand the point of views of competitors. Because I'm a competitor, and I still think that way, and I still try to think that way to stay in touch with what's going on. But yeah, I mean, it's got you got people that travels restricted. You're you're you know the risk of spread. You know, you don't need, it's not like people have a light on their head and said COVID positive. You don't know who's got what, so. It's just, it, it really, it's it's even, it's almost hard to even talk about it because every, like, like I was just talking about it and I just kept coming up with something else. I kept coming up with something else. All these things you have to worry about. I mean, if you could have mm-hmm. a show and you knew that everybody was going to come from your, like, within 30 miles of, say, you're going to have a show in your town. You knew that people were going to come within 30 miles of that town. It's a little easier to deal with. But if you know how many people you're going to have, you to have like, you know how many competitors you're gonna, you're gonna have? How many people are you gonna guess? How many people are, how many people are gonna go watch? Then it's like okay, I'm gonna have you know it's like planning a wedding. I'm gonna have four. I'm allowed 45 people, or I'm allowed 75 mm-hmm. people. Um, there's gonna be 10 workers. Then you know, also then you gotta deal with the venue. These are things you never really had to deal with the venue before as as much as you do now. Because they're liable, too. It's not just like, okay, you're renting our space out. You're giving us $3,000 or $2,000. You have it for this amount of time, this amount of time. Here's your person. Your, here's your contact person. Now it's like they're checking on you. They're going around. Hey, this person is this person. That, I saw that when I was at the Mr. America. The Sheridan staff was all over the place. They are going up to mark the whole time. Hey, this and this and this and this. And they worked it out. But everybody was nervous because it really was – their first event that they really had there too at at where the, the venue was. So it was just a lot more yeah, involved. It, it, and Yes. It, it it's very and it, serious. It's just, and I thank
0: God that you guys take it with that serious nature. Because like I said, you know, who I don't think anyone could be okay, you know, saying we had a successful show and we only had three people die from it. So, you know, right. I I I think we need to be really more mature as this goes on because it's an ongoing thing. And like you said, this is not something that you can take lightly, even whether you believe it or not. And that's the thing, you know, where we're not, we're not debating theories. We're not debating, you know, what you believe. And we're not attacking your personal beliefs or understanding. We're understanding science and we're dealing with it from a scientific fashion. And, and and if we're not going to be scientific about it, then we're not being truthful. And if we're not being truthful, then how do we come to a successful solution? So there's so many things that are going on. And the one thing that really gets me is that this changes overnight. Because, you know, like you said, if, if, if there is an outbreak, then that changes the parameters. If, if there's some deaths in the area that weren't uh, common to that region at the time. If if it mutates, I mean, there's so many things that are happening, and it, it's it's going day to day. And these are the things that you are seeing flash above your desk because you're the one that has to hear it first in order to be basically uh, planning something to happen in reality. And I I think that's where we're we're kind of dealing with it right now, where people are aren't being right. real about it. So as long as you want to do the make believe understanding. Then yeah, you can say anything. But if you if you're talking about one human life and the loss of it, then yeah, you got to be pretty much the found found have a foundation in reality. So if we're talking to people who are really mature and really understanding what's going on, what do you say to them? And what are some of the outliers that could make a show happen? And what are some of the things that ensures that it won't? You
1: know what I I like the people that. The people that ask you questions are the ones that you, you really appreciate because they want to know, okay, do we have to wear masks? Yes, yeah, you have to wear masks? Uh, how many people are you – know, they ask you, like, how, how is it going to work? How many people are allowed to be in the audience? How many people can I bring backstage? It's just the logistic, logistical questions related to the pandemic and related to the setup of the show, those are the kind of people that make you feel good. Because they're asking the right questions. They they, they want to make sure that their family is safe. They want to make sure that their loved ones are safe. They want to make sure people that come and watch them are safe. And they care about the, their competitors. They're, they care about their their peers that they're competing with.
0: So it's it,
1: and and then as a promoter or a head of an organization, you have to you have to be ready to give the right answers. I mean, it's again, it's just not it's not always about. Just saying what people wanna hear. I mean, you you gotta know your your I mean it's it's really made it a lot more serious than it's ever been. You gotta know what you're saying, you gotta know what you're doing, you gotta you gotta know like, every moving part you gotta be aware of. So when you're gonna an answer to somebody then and, and they look at you and and they move their head like, you know, like a dog, they're like, Well obviously that answer gonna work. You can't You gotta give them the right answers and this is what we're gonna do. This is how many people are going to – there has to be a lot of communication. Like I've been, I've been working on getting the shows for next year. I'm giving out information so people understand what's going on. Um, and it's just all the moving parts all have to be taken care of so the people are comfortable because there are still competitors that don't want to compete. Because, they, you know, you have the people that are over the top that want to compete, and then you have the other side of the, of the coin. Just like I have members of my gym like they couldn't wait to come work out, but then I have some members of my don't want to go into gym because they were convinced that gyms were were bad, which that's ended up being garbage. But they're still afraid to be around a lot of people. So you're gonna have two sides of the coin. You have to convince people that your show is gonna be safe, and you are gonna follow mm-hmm. the rules. And you people wear you make people wear masks. You're gonna give out you're gonna give out hand sanitizer. Uh, you're going to do all these, all these things possible. I also promote um, powerlifting meets, and we were supposed to have one back in May. If 70 people, of course that got squashed. So we were getting ready to have one a couple weeks ago, and then New Jersey decided to stop all team competition or, or competition. But when you order supplies for this organization, when you order, when you do your pre-kit for the the show, the meet. I always get them up if you show me. So they want you have to buy. You don't have to, but they, they give you stuff, hand sanitizer. They give you wipes. They give you stuff, all these things. Again, why do they do that? Because they want your show to be safe. They want it to be safe, so they give you the opportunity to buy it at discounted rates. And it's something that I've already decided I'm doing for the show, which a lot of shows have given out the mass. Um, we were at the show of the Mr. America. He was giving out hand. All competitors got hand sanitizer. Just a little extra things to make your people feel comfortable. They, they, they want to feel safe. They want to know that they're coming to a show, just like people coming to my gym. They want to know that they're coming to a place that you care and you believe in keeping them safe because that's your responsibility. People ask you questions about what you're going to do. Then you need to have a game plan. It's not just like. Your game plan for promoting your show, but it's your safety game plan now too. You have to worry about. You have to have okay. This is this is our COVID procedures for 2021, which actually gives you a great idea. I probably should put it on our, our AMDF website. You know what we're doing to keep you safe, and it's, you just have to get people to become more comfortable. Like mine, people I know won't. You can eat inside a restaurant in New Jersey, but very limited capacity. There's people, including my fiance. So, she won't step foot inside a restaurant. I mean, I, I, she just and it kills me because I love to eat in restaurants. But so it's just, you have to be people comfortable. You have to you have to explain to them what you're doing, and they could either take it, believe you, or, or, or you know trust you or not. But I think as time goes on, and they and if all the promoters across the country are doing the right thing the competitors, and I think that as time goes on, the, you know, the feeling of being comfortable at a show, not that it w- probably won't get back to normal next year, but at least people will have a better feeling of it. And, Everybody has to work together. I mean, it doesn't matter. You could have 10 people talking and one person not wearing a mask, one person not a mask, then who knows? You know, that's you know, everybody's got to work together and everybody's got to do the right thing. But, yeah. It's, yeah, it's,
0: it's, 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 hard it's hard not like an to easy thing pool because pool. there's so many moving parts. And that, yeah. I think that's what we like. You're, you're addressing it in, in truth. You know, you could do everything, and I mean, like, absolutely, hundred percent correctly. But then you have one person that says, you know, well, I don't want to adhere to to everything I've been told to do, and basically ruin it for everybody. And like I said at, at the when, when Ray Binkowski had his show, that was one of the things that you know almost happened He, he had, like, he I mean, he went above and beyond just making sure every day he was emailing the competitors in the week that who had signed up to compete every single day, he was sending out emails and that's what he had to do because so many people were spreading falsehoods. Talk, I mean, just lying through their teeth trying to make sure that show didn't happen because they were so scared and worried about something going wrong. Instead of basically trying to push forth for hope. And, and, and I don't care what all the precautions that were being put in place. There were still people that were absolutely fully a hundred percent against it even though the outcome was exactly what was said was going to happen, because everyone was abiding by the CDC. Everyone was doing exactly what they were told to do. And then you had people that were still scared out of their wits that, you know, somebody was, was, something bad was going to happen. You can't live that way, but people do live that way. And they want to make sure everybody else lives exactly in the fear that they do. We, that's what you're speaking against. What you're speaking towards is the understanding that we are adults. We should be mature enough to follow those guidelines, and we shouldn't be so ready and willing to put others at risk for something that's a hobby, for something that's a competition. Right. I, I, I'm, uh, like I said, I was very saddened to see uh, the stature of the people who were complaining simply from selfish reasons and nature. But they do exist, and they don't speak for all of us. But it, you're also we're talking about commonsensical things that basically can be done and addressed to ensure that shows can happen in real time with all the things that are going on. And one thing I, I, I will address again is that with, you know when you're talking about normal, you're speaking in the future normal, not going back to the standards that you know, basically relegate us to having this issue happen again with whatever pandemic is laying for us in the future. You're speaking with real-time understanding that, we, you know, we can have shows and we can address everything and have the numbers that normal, but with, you know, future tense thinking. So I, you know, cause I don't want that we're getting these uh, questions and I know that's not what you're saying. What you're speaking towards is the actual understanding that this stuff can happen again and in order for normal to happen with like 150 competitors, with with people filling the seats, there's going to be precautions going in the future that you know we will have to address in the future, and we need to be real about that.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, so, it's you a, know, with, a, with, go ahead. It's a tough deal. I mean, that's just and, and and you know and and who you know we all want to think that next year you know we'll be able to move forward and we should be but at what pace is is the question and uh, yeah yes sir it it's going to be a slow pace
0: uh we need to be more understanding of all the headaches and dilemmas that are plaguing you guys uh every day because you know we can set it up right now and think it's going to work well and then get the hurricane or tidal wave of pandemic issues and basically sent us back to square one i mean so you know basically because it doesn't make sense that we're having you know physical houses meaning our bodies broken down and then we still want to say well my house isn't busted so i want to do you know what i want to do that that's not how this nation runs it's never run that way and we we need to be more understanding and compassionate towards the others who are suffering because i can't imagine you know, saying you know, why does so and so got got to go to work when their house just burned down? There's there's things that have to be addressed with their house to to ensure that they can actually uh, survive. And we, you know, we we can't say, well, my my building is still intact, so why can't we do things? It's 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 very childish and very immature. And I, I think as uh, as a nation, we can speak better of what's going on. Exactly. So, so, Kent, with, with that being said, you know, with everything going on, what are your last thoughts? What are your final thoughts? And, you know, people just want this to hurry up and be over with, and that's not going to happen. How do we basically address ourselves as adults, mature adults, responsible adults, and forward-thinking adults to make sure that we get through this and still be American-minded with basically pushing the boundaries in health and fitness? without risking the lives of others. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, we all know that. I mean, it's been pretty proven that the more in shape you are, is going to help keep people Yes, sir. So we have to also, whatever organizations people choose to compete in or if they have a favorite community, you have to trust them to be accountable for your safety. So that's one thing I think as promoters, we all have to make sure we have a game plan. We're not just going to do a show and and just, you know, disregard. I mean, I just can't imagine anybody just just disregard everything. But we have to have a plan in place where we can meet the competitors, the spectators, uh, the workers, your volunteers. Everybody wants to feel safe. And it's only in our best interest to, to do that so we can get, through this mess and you know be able to move forward i just think it, 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 there's no decisions should be rash i mean and i, I just you need, just need to have confidence and and the person who's running the show i mean i've i've heard some great things about some some great shows and then i've i've heard some disappointments out of others but but you know as it always is it always seems like there's always certain promoters that always do the right thing and their shows are always good. And it's not a surprise that the shows that people said was great and, and they handled it properly are from the same promoters that always run good shows. So, I mean, and that's not a surprise at all. The people that know what they're doing, 99% of them will, will be able to get deal with this and get through it. Uh, I'm not, I'm really basically talking about promoters i'm not even really talking about different organizations because i mean i could go on for another hour about that but it's really just you just have to as a competitor i mean and i want to compete and i want to do shows next year i want to know that number one like like it is scheduled you know of course you want to know if it's going to happen but you have to also know that there's things that could happen that it won't happen but that's the worst case scenario. You want to be sure if you're bring your family, you wanna know how they're gonna be comfortable, they're gonna be safe. You, you you want I mean and, and don't people competitors shouldn't be afraid to ask those questions and then No. They and
0: back. then
1: if they if they get an answer that they really like or understand then they can ask them back. And if the guys are just if the guy's a jerk to you, then obviously there's your answer. Why would you do a show if the guy's a jerk? No, uh, I, I ask myself a lot of times, why would somebody do a show if the guy's a jerk? But if, so people, your money, you're spending your money, you're giving somebody a lot of money to do a show. Whether you're bringing friends or not, if you don't like your answers that you're getting from people, then find a different show. It would be, don't put yourself in a position where you're. You don't feel you're safe or your family's safe. And, and I, again, the worst-case scenario, the show gets canceled. I mean, that's I mean that's always uh, – that's not just the problem this year. That's always a problem where show is being mm-hmm. canceled because they don't have enough competitors or they lose the venue at the last minute, which can happen also. So mm-hmm. that would be the – I mean, you would almost think that's the worst-case scenario, but that happens all the time. So – it's it. you just have to you just have to believe in the promoter I mean you just have to make sure that you you know, unless, if you know if, and if it's a new show or something maybe you might want to be a little leery of a new show a new promoter I mean, here they are they've never promoted before but they're show in the middle of a pandemic so there's a whole bunch of other things I mean, if they're being helped by other people then that should be fine but you, you don't know there's a lot of unknowns it's really hard to see here and just
0: I mean, the advice
1: I would give is just be careful with the show you pick. Um, trust the promoter to do the right thing, and if you feel that something's off, then then really just maybe find another show and don't force it. I mean, doing a show is hard enough. You don't want to worry about all the other stuff going on behind the scenes.
0: And, you know, mm-hmm.
1: forbid, like you, know, you said, God forbid somebody gets sick from it, and you know, can, you know, people end up getting. You know, they, they end up. A couple of people end up dying from being exposed through a show that you were at. So, which is a real And that's a real understanding. That is
0: a real understanding. Um, yeah, well, Ken, thanks so much for for the, the forth given information, uh, hearing from the perspective of a promoter in an organization. Because it's not easy. It's not run of the mill. And you know, we shouldn't take for granted the, the the blessing of being able to compete and and the gift of being able to step on stage. And I hope I had hope that we would have a deeper and more compassionate understanding of what you guys have to suffer through all the time. But it seems we still have to suffer just a little bit longer before we as adults figure it out in adult thinking and adult minded thinking, because there's still some people that are still on the fence of reality. And and that the reality is there's precautions, there's parameters and there's regulations and we can't just take a Mack truck and run through it like that ice cream that I talk about us getting at the begin at the beginning of the show. We we have to be more mature thinking and and more forward thinking if things are going to happen in, in, in the future because it, we have to be real about this. And it, it's it's really saddening to see you know where where we say well, I don't want to believe it, so it doesn't happen. It, it those but, don't change the regulations one bit and and nothing is going to be done if we basically sit here and and take our ball and go home every time we're not pleased with the the results of and the reactions of what what we think should happen and we don't get our way. So, you know, I really appreciate everything you've given on this show. Thank you so much for giving us the time because I know you're a busy man and you're also a, a business-minded individual, so there's a lot that has to happen for you to even make it to these shows and and be on air. So, thank you so much uh, any party uh, in the anytime, show.
1: Galen, I, anytime I love talking with you guys.
0: I really appreciate it, brother, and I I respect your your, your outcomes and your outlook because it, it's not easy doing what you do. And like you said, when lives are at stake, we should not be so willing to just run right ahead without understanding that people are involved. Right. And when we're asking people to be involved. So thanks so much, brother. Uh God bless you and 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 be safe, man. I mean like A lot of people might not want to believe it's real, but we know that it's a reality that we have to live with. We're going to have to come to grips with and come to terms with if we're going to have a future of the sport and future for the people we know and care for, because, you know, there's people right now no longer here and I miss them already. And, you know, they died for COVID related uh, issues. And there were certain people that didn't believe it would happen until their friends or family members died from the, from it. And when you get to the, when you, when you're getting the outcome and it says exactly everything you spoke against, it, it pretty it shuts you up pretty quick. But I don't want people to have to find out that this is real. That this is reality. In that way, I I, I hope we can uh, find better believers of the people who are saying this is not real and everything else. But thanks again, Kent. Really appreciate it. God bless you, man. Be safe. And have a blessed rest of your night. And happy new year, man. I, I really appreciate yeah, it. You are year looking forward to yes, My sir. pleasure. And happy new year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I really appreciate it. God bless you, man. Right. And have a great rest of your night.
1: All right. You too. Bye-bye.
0: And Kent. Um, really positive-minded individual. Really working hard behind the scenes to make things happen. And he's always doing something with the competitor in mind. And if you don't understand that, you don't understand Kent. And uh, he 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 wears his heart on his sleeve. And if you're not looking at his sleeves and you're not watching his arms, if you're not watching his arms, you don't see his guns. If you don't see his guns, you don't see how ah, That's a joke to end the thing. Happy New Year, everyone. Des, I hope you're shoveled out by now and having a great time in life. Kalen Patterson, Midwest Russell P for P-Real Talk. We are out.